0: Thank you so much. Let's welcome everybody joining us online as well. Let's welcome them. It's great to be with you today. And a happy Father's Day, everybody. Um, uh, Last weekend, uh, we celebrated uh, our little boy Freddie's second birthday. Um, That time has gone so quickly. And here is a picture, the first picture of today, here it is, of, uh, of him enjoying his uh, birthday present from mummy and daddy. Just look at that face. <laughs> and uh, it's a sand pit uh, there that he's been wanting for a while, I think. I'm starting to regret it, though, because um, half of the sand you see in that pit is now inside the house. Um, so, such is the life of a two-year-old. But uh, two years into Fatherhood, now, what can I say? I'm living my best life. (laughs) And uh, speaking of which, it's great to be carrying on this series, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, looking at Matthew 5 to 7. And uh, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at how we can live secure lives. Who here wants to live a secure life? (laughs) I know I do. And uh, last week and this week in particular, we have been looking at how we can experience financial security. Very hot topic for today. And uh, for those of you who were around last week, you'll recall that we looked at this diagram uh, that represents God's good plan for our lives to experience his provision, his protection over our finances, and not to fall into those two ditches you can see there. Last week, we looked at how we can avoid falling into the ditch of materialism, you know, the, the love of money. And uh, this week, we're looking at how we can avoid falling into the other ditch, that is of a poverty mindset, or a fear of lack, or you know, worrying, just worrying about finances. So You might be here today, and um, you're just worried about you know, money, or worried about the world in which we live in, and you know, there's a lot of anxiety, isn't there, out there when we look at the news, and you, know, you often hear these questions being asked, don't you? Like, How worried should we be when it comes to the economy? Can I just say, that's the wrong question (laughs) to be asking. Instead of having these questions of how worried should we be in our hearts and minds, why don't we choose to replace that today with the title of this message, which is what Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry. You see, in Matthew 6 that we've been looking at over the past few weeks, Jesus Um, reveals, if you like, God to be our Father. He teaches us to pray, our Father. Now, regardless of our earthly uh, relationships that we had with our fathers, the good news is that we have a perfect, loving, heavenly Father who wants to take care of your needs, who wants to provide for us, protect our finances, give to us all that we need. And because of that, it means that we can avoid falling into these ditches. You do not have to worry when it comes to money. You don't have to worry about anything, really, but particularly with money. I want you to know that because of your heavenly Father, you do not need to worry. Isn't that good news to know, that we can go down this highway of God's provision God's security, his protection, and not fall into that ditch of worry. Now, you might now be asking the question, okay, how? <laughs> how do we avoid this ditch? Well, I want to put to you three things that we can do, and they all start with the same letter, so they're easy to remember. Uh, they are to reflect, reject, and to respond. The first one is this, to reflect on your value. Reflect on your value. Jesus begins this passage that we're looking at today by saying this, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, Jesus is revealing here the important truth that we are worth more than material possessions. You know, life is worth more than the material more than clothes, more than food, more than possessions. Now, I want to reiterate this, because you might think, well, that's obvious. But actually, in the world, Western world we live in, it's so easy to get caught up in this culture of tying someone's worth, their value, their, their very identity, to that which they own. You know, whether that be a lot or, or not. But actually, Jesus is saying, no, you are worth way more <laughs> than your possessions. You see, in the Bible, it talks about us... You know, being created as human beings in the very image of God. You know, in the Bible it says that we are the apple of God's eye. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And so Jesus is saying, when we worry, we have ourselves undervaluing our value to our Heavenly Father. Because if if we have a Heavenly Father who loves us, who is our Creator, who wants to provide for us, then it's illogical, isn't it? It doesn't really make much sense for us to be worrying about lesser things. Don't get caught up in the volatility of this world, but instead reflect on your value to your heavenly father. Now I'm sure other parents can empathize that as soon as Freddie was born, we had you know a natural, kind of innate, kind of biological disposition to provide for him. His provision became our priority. And we just love as parents, don't we, to provide for our kids. It's, it brings us so much joy. Um, Freddie's favorite snack at the moment is what is known as a Barney Bear. You might have heard of these. <laughs> I like them as well, actually. They're really good. Unsurprisingly, they're not the most healthy snacks in the world. But so uh, we were out and about one day, and Freddie needed to be a good boy, and it was that kind of environment. And he was a good boy. So I said, you know, on the way home, Freddie, when we get home, you can have a Barney Bear. So there he was in his chair going, Barney Bear, Barney Bear. Couldn't wait. When we get home, he knows where they're kept um, in the drawer, runs to the drawer, opens it up shock horror, we're out of Barney Bears. So the bottom lip starts to go, and it's probably because I've been eating them all, really. But, uh, but uh, I think, okay, it's all right, I'm going to go to the corner shop and get some more. Um, they didn't have any, so I thought I'll go to another shop down the road, and they didn't have any. So to cut a long story short, two hours and three shops later, finally get my hands on some Barney Bears, and here he is at the end of the day enjoying his favorite snack. Look at that. (laughs) You're just going to get a slideshow of Freddie today, I'm afraid. But, but, um, you know, the truth is, though, is that as parents, if we have this love, this joy, desire to provide for our kids, how much more is this true? when it comes to our heavenly Father who is perfect. And so Jesus uses examples to drive home this point by looking firstly at birds. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So he says, are you not much more valuable than they? (laughs) Jesus says, look, consider, ponder, reflect, When you go out and you see birds, this week, I encourage you, reflect on this passage. If God provides for them, how much more is he going to provide for you? I love how one pastor puts it. He says, do you really think God cares more about his pets... Than his people. <laughs> I love that. It's logical, isn't it? Why are we worrying about these things when our Heavenly Father, who values us so much more than birds, will provide for them? How much more will He provide for us? Note, though, what Jesus is not saying here. What is prohibited is worry, not work. You see, the birds of the air, they, they still are working. They're not just there with their beaks open expecting food just to fall in, are they? They're, they're busy about their day being very proactive, and speaking of birds being proactive, there's a great um, couple in my online life group uh, called Mike and Penny, and recently they took some great photos of, uh, of these birds, and so I want you to think of these images when you think of this passage. Just look at these. These aren't Google stock images. Somebody I know took these. <laughs> I'm very proud of them, so well done to Mike and Penny. Why don't you give them a round of applause for these amazing pictures? And, um, and so in the same way, we are to work. We are to be proactive. We've got gifts and abilities and the means by which we can receive provision. But what Jesus is saying here is that we shouldn't ultimately put ourselves in the place of thinking we are ultimately in control. You know, we are the ultimate providers of our lives. Because when we do, we end up worrying. You know, We have to be like, it's like he says, the birds, look at them. They don't sow or reap. Or, or store away in barns. Now, Jesus is not saying again here, we don't save or prepare for the future or anything like that. What he is saying is when you look at the birds, you can see what it means to live securely, really. <laughs> like the birds of the air are, are, are living their best life, you could say. They're not worrying about tomorrow's provision. Uh, they're not putting their security in their savings. And in the same way, we are to be... Uh, to be working and being proactive, knowing that we're not trying to do this to achieve you know, security, but we can work from a place of security, knowing that our proactivity will always lead to provision, because if God provides for the birds, how much more will he provide for you? Jesus moves on to, to use flowers as a great analogy next. He says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire, uh, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how will he not much more clothe you? Now, there's a favorite uh, flower of mine in our garden called an oriental poppy. Um, And uh, I took a photo of this recently. It's not as good as Mike and Penny's photography. But I just thought, when I looked at this, I thought it kind of reminds me of this passage, this uh, incredible detail in this flower You know, one week after taking this photo, this flower's gone again. And uh, yet there's so much beauty and care that, you know, God puts into these flowers. How much more then (laughs) will he clothe you and care for you? We can look to the birds, look to the flowers, Jesus is saying. Reflect on how valuable you are To your heavenly Father. So that's why Jesus summarizes so do not worry. There it is again saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus is saying here, when we reflect, we stop running, (laughs) we stop chasing after these things when we reflect on our value when we don't put ourselves in that position of thinking it's all about us and we're in control, you know, we end up running after these things and getting burnt out. But instead, just reflect on how much we are valued by our Heavenly Father and know if he cares for the birds, cares for the flowers, he will care for you and he will care for me. That's the purpose of these analogies. You know, God creates knowing that that nature will have needs. Your, Your needs aren't a surprise you know, to our Heavenly Father who knows about them, Jesus says. He knows what you need. He cares about it. He's not belittling it at all. They are very real. He cares so much about your needs and he will meet them as we reflect and we, as we focus on staying on that path of um, security and God's provision. So firstly, let's re- reflect on our value. The second thing we can do is make an active choice today to reject worry. Reject worry. Reject worry. And you might say again, well, that sounds quite obvious, Josh. You know, of course we want to, you know, reject worry. But the thing with worry is it's quite subtle, isn't it? You know, we can actually adopt it as maybe personality. You know, we just think, oh, I'm a worrier when it comes to this thing or, the, or that thing. Or, or just see it as kind of part of life. Think that, you know, it's part of my nature or my, my personality or, you know, because of my situation that I'm going through. You know, if you really knew what I was going through, then I've got good reason to worry here. You know, the culture that Jesus was speaking into 2,000 years ago, his listeners would have been in a very unstable world as well. Under Roman occupation, people who who Jesus would have been speaking to here, they would have very rarely had any kind of employment rights or certainly no unions or anything like that. They would have been hired on a daily basis, uh, paid at the end of the day each day, no guarantee of work the following day. And pretty much people could have been fired at any time for any reason. And so they would have had good reason to worry. But Jesus comes to them and he, and he comes to us and he says, do not worry. Now, Jesus is not being flippant here. You know, it's, it, if someone comes to you and says, hey, you know, just chill out, don't worry. And if you've got some real, you know, very real problems that you're facing, it can actually be quite annoying, can't it? It can actually make you worry even more and get annoyed. But actually, what Jesus is doing here, he's not saying, he doesn't acknowledge that, that, that worry is a very real part of our lives. He comes alongside us and says, I know you're worried. I know what you're going through. But at the same time." Jesus can help us, and he loves and cares about us so much, he doesn't want us to come under the destructive nature of worry and its implications, because worry can be really damaging. You know, that word that Jesus uses for worry can be described as a mind that is being pulled in two different directions. It can literally be describing a mind being ripped apart. Some commentators say that this word for worry can be translated as being strangled, or choked. This is serious stuff, not to be tolerated, not to be treated lightly at all. Worry, in other words, can paralyze us, can't it? I'm sure you can think of times, I know I can, when I've kind of literally been rooted to the spot in worry, you know, when I've been overwhelmed. Worry is just wasteful as well. It's just such a destructive thing in our lives. That's why Jesus says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Obviously, the obvious answer is, is no, you know, it's wasteful, worry is wasteful. Often been said that worry is like a rocking chair, that you know, it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere, you know, it's a waste of time and resources. It doesn't add anything to your life, rather it takes away. That's why Corrie Ten Boom puts it this way, she says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, it empties today of its strength. So true, isn't it? Somebody who knows the importance of rejecting worry um, in their lives. There's a great guy who's part of the Peterborough campus here called Phil Oldis. Some of you might know Phil. He's a great, encouraging guy to be around. Always an uplifter. I always go away after chatting with Phil, like being uplifted and encouraged. And this is um, just really admirable, especially because Phil, for a, a number of years, has been suffering with MS. And uh, I was chatting to him earlier in the week, and he was talking about how you know this has had a, an impact uh, on his life, and of course the family finances. And uh, over the years, he's had to make conscious decisions, time and time again, to reject worry. So I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to said instead trust. In my father, Heavenly Father's provision, and I love how he has a family spreadsheet on his laptop, and uh, for the family budget this is. And at the bottom of the spreadsheet, it reads this: it says, "It may never add up, but it always works out." <laughs> I love that. It may never add up, but it always works out. It's kind of like a resolute determination to say, "I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to choose instead to trust." in my heavenly Father's provision. Can I encourage us to do the same? Yeah, let's give Phil a round of applause for that. Wonderful example, isn't it? Can I encourage us to do the same? Let's make a choice today. Do some business today. Say, I'm no longer going to tolerate worry in my life, particularly in this area. Make a choice to reject it. Some of you might need to catch your thoughts before they start spiraling, you know? And if you're here today and you really are struggling with your mental health, can I encourage you to head to our your My Matters series we did earlier in the year? Or if you're needing practical or prayerful support, you feel like you're really struggling right now when it comes to your finances, well then please do head to our website. Let us know. We'd love to help you in any way we can. But you know, for all of us, can I encourage us? Let's no longer tolerate this. It's so subtle it can sometimes seep into our thinking, and into our way of living. Say, no, I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm going to choose to trust in my Father's provision. And as a result, stay on that path. I'm not going to fall into that ditch of worry. I'm going to reject it, make a choice today, no longer going down that road. I'm going to stay on the highway of God's provision for my life. And so we can choose, firstly, to reflect on our value, reject worry. And on this Father's Day, can I encourage all of us to respond by seeking the Father first? Jesus ends this passage by saying this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, Jesus ends this passage not by just saying, hey, stop worrying and that's it, You know, because that obviously wouldn't work. He's saying here, replace worry with an overriding concern for the kingdom of God, for the things of God. Stop getting so fixated on your earthly possessions, but instead fix your eyes on your heavenly Father first. And all of these things, Jesus says, will, will, will be added unto you as well. They'll all be given to you. You know, all of these needs that our heavenly Father cares about, he knows about, he wants to provide for us, they'll be given to you. But here's the thing, you'll no longer have to worry about those things. Stop worrying about tomorrow, Jesus says. Instead, fix your eyes on your heavenly Father. You know, don't look ahead. Seek first the kingdom of God. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, aim for heaven and you get earth thrown in. <laughs> aim just for earth, though, and you'll get neither. So what is seeking the kingdom of God and you know, aiming for heaven? What's all this about? Well, This is what it all comes down to. You know, if you're wanting to know the secret to a life of of fulfillment, of meaning, of purpose, and God's peace and his provision in your life, it comes down to this, to joyfully surrender every single area of your life to him. That means your hearts, your homes, your marriages, your kids, your work, your relationships, your thought life, your public and private behavior, And, of course, your finances. Jesus, in this passage, is saying, seek first the kingdom of God. And he's doing so within the context of money, unashamedly within the context of money. Why? Because last week, as we heard, how we handle our finances, what we do with our money, is a true reflection of where we've ultimately placed our hearts. And we need to place our hearts first and foremost in our heavenly Father and trust in Him. And I've been—I'd admit—I've been challenged again as I've looked at these passages. I've been looking at my own life and again just asking myself the question: Where do where do our our finances? Where do they kind of just freely flow out to? You know, do they just freely flow to those things that benefit primarily me? You know the. The one click on Amazon purchase or, you know, clothes or coffees out or, you know, just things that kind of benefit me. Things that are good, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but things that just ultimately benefit me. Am I allowing my money, my finances, to as easily flow towards the things that seek first the kingdom of God? You know, whether that's to, again, just consciously be thinking about time and time again, how can I... Increase my giving above and beyond the tithe into the church? How can I keep on giving more into the church? How can I keep on giving more to those causes that really do seek to make a life transformation in, in people, you know, whether it's locally or nationally or around the world? You know, and even about my day to day life, how can I bless other people, you know, whether it's with coffees or meals or just seeking to be a blessing as I go about looking for those opportunities, you know? to make a difference in people's lives, in the big and the small. And even looking at our budget, our family budget, regularly putting it through the filter of honouring God. You know, see, Am I seeking him first? Are we seeking him first in all of these things? And can I encourage you all to join me you know, as I kind of reflect on these things and think again about seeking first the kingdom of God. You know, as, as we do, I'd encourage us to look at this great passage in Proverbs 3. Um, it says, honour the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. What a wonderful picture that is, you know, of not just, you know, as we seek God first, do we, you know, stop worrying and have our kind of needs met. But actually, there's a wonderful picture here of not just surviving and getting through life, but actually a picture of abundant generosity, You know, God has all the resources. (laughs) God is our good, loving, heavenly Father. And he's able to meet our needs and more. And he wants to pour out his abundant generosity on our lives. So much so that actually the barns of our lives would be filled to overflowing, so we can bless people around us. The vats of our lives brimming over, not just with any old wine, but with new wine. This is a a wonderful picture, isn't it, of God being abundantly generous as we seek him first and as we honour him with all of our wealth. And so can I encourage us to reflect on this passage and to start dreaming (laughs) instead of thinking about you know just getting by maybe, but actually to start dreaming about what God might do through you as you receive this promise afresh today. You know, I received this promise in 2019. I was praying ahead of 2020 and uh, just seeking God for a word for the year kind of thing. And I felt God say, 2020 is going to be a year of financial plenty. Um, And I felt it was specifically for uh, us as a campus in Leicester. I felt it was for Open Hands, which is a charity we partner with in Leicester. So Chrissy, uh, my wife who's on the board of trustees, she shared it uh, with them. And I felt it was for us as a family as well, personally. And uh, so it was based on this passage in Proverbs. And then of course, you know, COVID hit and lockdown came. Uh, charities, you know, struggling and jobs threatened. And Chrissy was just about to go on maternity leave as well. And so I was thinking at the time. Um, Maybe I haven't heard from God on this one. <laughs> Have I got this one wrong? But I felt God say, no, remember to choose to trust. Keep trusting. You know, keep putting me first. Honour me with your wealth. Keep giving. And we did. And to cut a long story short, 2020 did turn out to be a year of supernatural plenty. The, the income for Leicester increased by over 40% that year. Uh, Open Hands were able to raise um, over £300,000 for a brand new venue. They moved into the heart of the city. Uh, They didn't just survive, they thrived. The work is exploding. The board of trustees are just amazed. Uh, And for us personally as well, we experienced God's supernatural provision so that Chrissy was able to take a year of maternity leave and we were able to actually increase our margin of giving Throughout that time, which at the start of the year, I was thinking there's no way we would have been able to do that. But we were as we sought to seek, seek God first and to honor him with our wealth. And the reason why I share that with you is because I want to encourage us today to receive this promise. You know, not just It wasn't just for 2020. It's for today. It's for you and for me today. And as I was kind of preparing for um, today to share with you, I just had this sense of... You know, speaking of open hands of charity, I had this phrase, open hands, that was ringing in my mind. I wanted to uh, just to to pray this, if you like, and I will do in a moment, over us. For us to be a people, to be a church of open hands, what what do open hands represent? Well, I think they represent two things. Firstly, they represent a trust that God is our ultimate provider. You know, we're not doing this and hoarding it to ourselves. We're not kind of holding back we're opening up our hands and saying, God, I acknowledge you, my heavenly father, you're going to provide for me. But, but more than that, as we look at this passage in Proverbs, not only do we have worry kind of broken over our lives in this regard, but actually open hands represent faith. Faith for God to provide for us, but also to provide through us as well, so that we can live lives of open hands towards others. We can meet needs around us. You might be here today and you think, I'm struggling with my own needs, let alone other people. Well, in this passage, as we seek God first, as we honor him with our wealth, just see what God might do in and through your life. And I believe for us as a church, we are called to live. When the world is saying, do this, and when the world is, is, is filling us with all of these kind of fearful questions, to actually respond by saying, no, I'm going to stand on the truth. that our, My heavenly father is my ultimate provider. I'm going to take those words from Jesus seriously. Do not worry. I'm going to reflect on my value in the eyes of my loving heavenly father. I'm going to choose to reject worry by the power of God's, God's spirit at work in my life. And I'm going to respond today... By seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And as a result, we can live lives like this, lives that are free, lives that are secure, lives going down that highway of God's provision. It's your promise that you can, it's his promise that you can receive today. So let us receive it in Jesus' name. Come on, we're going to respond together now. And uh, wherever you're watching from online and here in the room, if you're able to, would you stand with me? We're going to pray together, and we're going to sing together as well. I'd just like to pray, firstly, for those of you who are here, or you're watching this online, For, for those of you who would say you're not yet a Christian, maybe, or you're just checking out church, checking out Christianity, or maybe, you know, you once went to church, once had a faith, uh, once felt like you were close with God, but maybe it's been a while or at the moment right now, you just feel like you're far away and you're wanting to experience, you know, this heavenly father we've been talking about, the love of our father, his provision, his protection, his peace over your life. Well, you know, we've been talking about how God, you know, values us, Jesus encouraging us to look at the birds and look at the flowers. And Jesus spoke these words not long before he then went to the cross to die for you and for me. And, you know, if you're wanting to reflect on an image that, that reveals just how much God loves us, how valuable we are to him, well, the best image to reflect on is that of the cross because <laughs> it reveals the Son of God, Jesus Christ, willingly laying down his life, for us. And through his life and through his death and through his resurrection, he defeated sin, he defeated death, all of that which separates us from a holy God, separated us from our Heavenly Father. And through faith and trust in him, we can receive that embrace today of our Heavenly Father, to know God, to know the reality of God at work in our lives, to experience this new life this life that can overcome worry. You know, we can seek him first and and to put him first in our lives because Jesus came to seek and to save us. We can give him our everything because when we look to the cross, we see Jesus gave totally of himself for us. And so if you're wanting to to join me, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And you can simply make this prayer your own today in the quietness of your heart and uh, just everybody else, don't mind um, bowing your heads and closing your eyes as I pray and you can make this your prayer. Just join in with me um, as I pray. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you, Jesus, that, that you died for me on the cross. I thank you. I thank you that I'm so valued by you. Unconditional love is mine in you. You, you love me so much and so Lord, I just today make a decision to turn away from my old life. I I say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me for for going my own way, but today I choose to put my faith and trust in you. Jesus, would you come into my life by your Spirit? Heavenly Father, would you draw near to me? May I experience a, a loving embrace from you right now. And may I experience the reality of your presence, your provision, in my life, this life that I can receive from you that overcomes worry, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, if it really meant something for you, then uh, listen out for some next steps you can take at the end of the service. And I'd just like to close really by praying for all of us here and those of you watching online as well to pray in, you know, that picture of living with open hands. You know, if you're wanting to go out of this place today, go into your week, you know, with a new boldness and with a new courage and a confidence that God will provide. God is your provider. You're going to seek him first. You're going to trust in him. And you're going to live open-handedly. And as a result, you're going to experience his provision, his protection, and that kind of freedom, that financial freedom that is available to you. In Jesus, well then, why don't you put out your hands like this as a symbol, as a way of saying, God, I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to be open-handed, Lord, so I'm going to trust in you and trust that you are my provider. So, Heavenly Father, I pray over every single person here and watching online, I pray firstly a breaking off of worry. I pray a breaking off of any anxiety that we've tolerated for too long in our lives. Lord, we pray right now for peace to reign in our minds and in our hearts. So it's available in Jesus. Lord, I, I declare over us as a church family that we are going to be a people who reflect on our value. We're going to reject worry. We're going to respond by putting you first place. And as a result, I declare over families, over jobs, over businesses. The, the the barns of our lives will be filled to overflowing. There'll be vats brimming over with new wine. That we're gonna be looking back in, in a year's time saying, wow, it really has been a year. Of supernatural provision. It's been a year of plenty. It's been a year where we've been experiencing God's goodness at work, not just in our lives, but through our lives. So Lord, we decide today to, to place our total trust in you. And we look forward to seeing you move in power in us and through us because you are a good, good father and we can trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing to him now.